Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to a brand new podcast from Washington Avenue Christian Church called Memento. Now, we chose to call this podcast Memento because here at Washington Avenue, we understand that uh, everybody occasionally forgets who they are. They forget what they're supposed to do. And, and sometimes we even forget what we talked about on Sunday. And so in an effort to help you and to help ourselves grow and learn more. We're going to take what we talked about on Sunday and in this podcast remind ourselves of what was discussed and, and dig a little bit deeper. We're excited that you've joined us on this adventure and um, we're excited for what we're going to learn and grow together. Now, on Sunday, we started a brand new series called We Are. And, and in this series, We Are, we're going to be walking through the book of Ephesians. Now, Ephesians is great. Man, it is one of my personal favorite books. It is a, a book that has had such a profound impact on so many people's walk. And, and we're going to be spending a lot of time in this book. We're going to walk through the first three chapters of Ephesians all the way up to Advent season. We'll take a break for Advent and Christmas season, and then we'll continue with the next three chapters in the new year. It's a really natural divide because Ephesians is divided into two separate and clear sections. The first three chapters are what we call the indicative, right? These are, these are talking about things that happen to us, right? This, these, these, this is the gospel. This is the mystery of the gospel. This is all of these things. Chapters one and two and three, they discuss all of this. And chapters four and five and six are uh, Paul changes his voice here. It's what we call the voice, and it's he moves it into the imperative, right? And the imperative is like the command, right? Because of the indicative, this is what you're supposed to do. We're really, really excited to to be on this journey, and we hope that you join us on Sunday mornings and and here on the pat on the podcast as well. So, with that in mind, let's uh, let's just dive in. On Sunday, Jim introed the series for us, and. Um, just spend a little bit of time talking about um, the, the, an overview of the book. And, and that's what I want to do today. And I want, what I want specifically to do is to give an overview of the book, but also to, to take a good, hard look at the city of Ephesus itself. It's a fascinating city. But before we dive into that, let's talk about the book. It, it begins, the book of Ephesus, by, by teaching us that the study of theology should always be combined with praise and adoration of the God who has done so much for us. One theologian says, this letter summarizes what it means to be a Christian better than any other book of the Bible. It, it clarifies the heart of the Christian faith. It explores the dynamics of a personal relationship with Christ. It sets forth God's overall plan for the church. And it draws out the implications of what it means to live life as a Christian. Ephesians is distinct from Paul's letters in that it is not trying to solve any problems. And there's, there's no problems that Paul's trying to address here or to fix. There's no fights that Paul's trying to referee or anything like that. He's simply writing the letter that he always wanted to write. And, and what's fascinating about the city of Ephesus is that it is the most written to book in the entire Bible, right? We have the book of Ephesians that was addressed to the city of Ephesus, but we also know um, that 
that most likely Timothy was the local pastor in the city of Ephesus. So when Paul is writing his, his last letters, first and second Timothy to Timothy, he's writing to address issues that are going on in Ephesus. We also know that the city of Ephesus was one of the seven churches listed in the book of Revelation, right? In chapters two and three. And we know from chapters two and three of Revelation and from first and second Timothy that there are issues in Ephesus, but those, those happen much later than, than the letter to the Ephesians. In, in this letter, Paul is not writing anything other than the letter that he's always wanted to write. No problems to solve, no fights to referee, just the pure gospel. Now, let's talk about the city for a second because I think that it's really important to understand what's going on in the city as it relates to how the church would have heard what Paul has written to them. Now, the city of Ephesus, it was called the mother city of Asia because of its influence over politics and commerce and the religious atmosphere of the providence. It was a harbor city. It was in a very strategic location that allowed it to have a massive harbor system. So people are constantly coming in and out of Ephesus from all over the world, stopping in, dropping things off, picking things up. It was a massive, massive transitory harbor for shipments. And, and Strabo, a, a Roman philosopher and a historian, he noted that the, the city became because of its advantageous situation in other respects, it grew daily and is the largest market in Asia on this side of Tarsus. Only Rome and Alexandria were bigger cities in the entire Roman Empire. Now, the thing that probably made Ephesus most famous was her, its patron goddess, Artemis. If you're uh, familiar with history or uh, folk religions at all, you've probably heard of Artemis and you've probably heard specifically of the Temple of Artemis. It was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world and it was renowned for its architectural beauty, for the hundreds of marble columns that surrounded it, for the gold and jewels that plated it. It was built in a strategic location at the top of a hill so that no matter where you were in the city, you could see the Temple of Artemis. Artemis was acclaimed as the queen of heaven. She was called Lord and she was called Savior. And she wielded power and authority over heaven and over earth and over things under the earth. And, and it's fascinating because we're going to see Paul turn that language and ascribe it to Jesus. He calls Jesus Lord and Jesus Savior and Jesus, though one with the authority in things, all things in heaven and earth and under the earth. But Artemis wasn't the only god or goddess that was prevalent in ancient Ephesus. There was over 50 gods that we've found or discovered that were uh, worshipped there in the city as well. It just so happens that Artemis was the most famous and most popular one. And, and that got Paul in some trouble, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Ephesus was fascinated with magic and folk beliefs. And, and we know that from history, but we also know that from Acts chapter 19, verses 13 through 20. There are um, some men who are trying to cast out demons in the name of Jesus, um, but who haven't received the Holy Spirit. And, um, and 
Paul comes in and, and they're like, wait, why can't we cast out these demons? And Paul gives them an answer and, and he casts out the demons. And, and from there, it says that all of the people of Ephesus brought their magic books and their uh, scrolls and their spell books and all of these things. And they threw them in, the pile, in a pile in the city courtyard and lit them on fire. And the amount of stuff that was burned equates to something like 50,000 days wages. Like I mean, we're talking about a massive amount of stuff that they had that was all, all, all about magic and about folk belief. And, and there's two important observations that we need to understand as we're listening to Paul's words in this letter to Ephesus um, that stem from that event. And the first one is this, is that many people who formerly engaged in magical practices well, they became a part of the Ephesian church. And so they're still carrying a lot of this magical baggage with them. And Paul doesn't address that directly, but everything that he's doing is directed in part to these people. And, and secondly, this account shows the incredibly strong pull that certain features of the spiritual environment had on believers. They were pretty open-minded, and, and whenever you're trying to start a new church with a new system of belief, open-mindedness is not necessarily the thing that you want. Now, there was, because of the events of Acts chapter 19, 13 through 20, and even beyond, there are some obvious negative impacts on the local worship practices. Now, one of, one of the primary modes of economy in Ephesus was to, um, to buy statues of Artemis, and um, you would buy these and you would put them up in your business and in your home and, and anywhere that you wanted the presence of Artemis so that um, your endeavors would be blessed. And, and the response to the gospel in Ephesus was tr so strong and so prevalent that, well, people stopped buying these statues. And so a silversmith named Demetrius, he got really upset at Paul and he gathered his silversmith workers and he said, Paul is going to ruin our lives. We shouldn't listen to Paul who speaks down on our goddess Artemis, we need to eradicate Paul and his teaching from the city. And he starts this riot where it starts with the silversmiths who run around chanting and screaming, great is Artemis of the Ephesians, great is Artemis of the Ephesians. And soon enough, a huge portion of the city is chanting and screaming so much so that they gather in the massive amphitheater there in the city of Ephesus. And they bring some of the Christian leaders, they can't find Paul, but they bring some of the other Christian leaders and they're dragging them out and they're preparing to stone them. Now Paul gets word about this and he tries to run out there as well, but some other people hold him back uh, because they knew that Paul would die if he went out there. Now fortunately, um, the, the city manager, kind of think of him as the, uh, the mayor of Ephesus, he comes out and he says, hey guys, like, there is a law in the Roman Empire that prohibits rioting, and we are right on the line of rioting. And so I understand that you're mad, I understand that you're upset, but, but this has to disperse. Otherwise, Rome is going to march its army in and destroy us all. So we need to be really, really careful about this. And they disperse, they listen to their mayor, they disperse, and Paul and his friends escape the city of Ephesus for a time. Now, Ephesus holds a special place in Paul's heart. He spent at least a year and a half, but probably upwards of three to four years pastoring in this city. It was one of the longest places that he stopped. And, and you can read about Paul's emotional goodbye to the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20. It's a beautiful speech and prayer. But, but Paul has a special place in his heart for Ephesus. And, and it's clear 
in his writings. And, and I'm excited to dive into those writings with you. Now, uh, if there is a question that Paul's answering, it's, it's simply this. What does this all mean anyway? What is this all about anyway? And I think that the answer that Paul wants us to pull from this is that all of this, Christianity, our faith, our belief, is a celebration of Christ's, of Jesus's triumph over evil. And, and we think of those in really am, ambiguous terms, that word evil. It's just something that it's like, it's out there. But for the Egyptian, excuse me, the Ephesians it would have been really tangible. Remember that these are people who are obsessed with magic and really, really fascinated with, with demon possession and exorcisms and things of the like, not to mention their obsession with Artemis and worshiping her. And so whenever Paul is talking about Christ's triumph over evil, what he's really saying is Christ's triumph over demons and over and above even Artemis itself. And I tell you all that because it's really, really important. <laughs> it may not seem it, but you'll see with this understanding and, and knowing a little bit of the history as we walk through this book over the next several months together, the impact that Ephesians had on the culture itself and, and the way that Paul uses the culture to, to illustrate Jesus and to put Jesus over the culture. And maybe, just maybe, um, we can take a little bit of uh, the culture of Ephesus as a city and we can project it onto our culture as well and, and understand that, that Jesus is better than whatever little idols we carry around. It's probably not Artemis, but, but it's something because we all, we all have idols. We all have those things that we struggle with. And, and Paul wants to show us that that Jesus has triumphed, and, and we should celebrate that. And, and I'm excited to dive into that with you and to get into the text beginning next week. So thank you for joining us in this first podcast called Memento from Washington Avenue Christian Church. We love you guys, and we'll see you next week.